Hey everybody, welcome to It's In Season, the anime podcast that is following right along with you during the spring 2016 anime season. We pick two shows, we're going to review them episode by episode. I'm David Majors, my co-host, Mr. Cody Anderson. What is up, young Cody? Uh, not a lot. I'm just celebrating post-exam and finals happiness right now. Ready to talk about anime, not ready to talk about school anymore in two weeks, but I'm ready for this. Well, I'm glad you are, so I don't have to play any jock jams to make sure you are ready for this. So... Let's get started. But before we get started, a brief programming note. Our regular co-host, Richard Waters, a.k.a. Ness, is uh, out this week, so we're wishing him well. He will be back soon. And filling in, uh, making a spot start here on It's In Season, our old buddy from the Mega Anime Ultra Show, uh, and occasionally uh, our good friend and invitee on the old A3K podcast, Mr. Mark Huber. What's up, Mark? Good hey, to have you on thanks the... For... Hey! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good to have you on the old podcast again. It's good yes. to see you're out of retirement. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure I'm retired. It's, well, maybe it's the retirement tour like like share or so. Never actually hanging it up, but always saying the final tour is, is this one and then no more we're, after this. Every once in a while, we're going to try and poke you a little bit and see if we can convince you to get the band back together and get you back into the anime podcast collective oh i We're, know but you know being a guest is so nice <laughs> no oh it's thing. it's but don't you don't you like being captain of the ship don't you like that well you, you are a fine captain of the ship i love cruising uh, with you it's so much well easier. then <laughs> well then let us just get underway talking about the two shows we picked for spring 2016 uh just jumping in starting off with the lost village uh we're on episodes three and four right now and uh just starting with episode three uh mark i know you've caught up i know you watched a few episodes ahead but uh right now with episode three with where we're at uh what are you thinking so far about the lost village and just episode three going forward what are you feeling you know, I think when this first came out and I was watching the first two minutes of it, I think I tweeted you and said, this has the vibe of Erased. This is going to be the show of the season. And then for me, it plummeted quickly right after that. And then I was trying to get my bearing with the show again. So now that they finally reached their lost village and are kind of finding their way around, I'm waiting for the show to become this teen horror movie I'm, I'm like waiting for this big monster to just start picking them off one after one after the, one after the other and it's not happening i don't know where they're going <laughs> so i think the third episode finally uh, treats us if you will to the first victim of the show but it took the whole episode <laughs> to get there and for me, where the show really suffers is, um, I'll be honest, I'm having a really hard time in, in real life keeping names of people straight. And when I'm, you know, watching an, an anime with Japanese names, it gets even worse. So Erased was one of my favorite shows of last season. If you asked me what the name of the protagonist was, I could not tell you. So for The Lost Village to throw 30 characters at me and try to give them equal screen time all the time... Um, that's to me where the show really suffers. I'd, I'd much rather they would pick a few clear 
protagonists and let them sort of experience the story. The way it's done right now, I'm really waiting for them to start just picking characters off one after the other because right now I have no attachment to any of them. <laughs> so that's um, my, my I, I'm wondering. So I'm wondering a couple of things about this show so far. One, I'm not really sure how many episodes it's going to be. Uh, so I'm wondering if they're gonna start knocking characters off soon or if they're gonna stretch this out a little further. Because like you, it's kind of reminding me a little bit of Final Destination. Uh, except the idea that I had is that the more the show goes on, if the more it feels like someone thought making Final Destination into an anime series would be a good idea. Except, it's all kind of a lot of suspense, but there that isn't a whole lot of, yeah, there, there's no violence, there's no gore, there's no uh, intrigue. And with so many characters, like you said, it's really, it's really hard to get invested into too many of them. Uh, it's got plenty of sizzle, but not a whole lot of stake so far. Yeah, uh, when they and, were and, showing the first characters, when they were doing the introductions on the bus, you were quickly coming to the edit. None of them are really particularly likable. So the setup, you made the comparison to Final Destination, which I think is a really apt comparison. That's a perfect setup. You, kind of on some level hate all of them and none of them have any particular characteristic that stand out of them there's you know the the lion ear cape girl and there's the girl that likes guns and then there's the one that throws up and then there's the sort of the main character i guess this little high school boy that really has nothing going for him and then this angry man um they're all i really sort of don't like angry man i really <laughs> don't like terrible him. So, th th like, the setup is perfect to just watch them sort of, you know, get eviscerated by some some unseen evil thing in that lost village. And it seemed like, I think, in the second episode, they were showing a tree with these claw marks. And once they get settled, it seems like all the people in the lost village have vanished from something, something unknown, horrible. And you're just waiting for this horrible thing to finally come about and, and get something going and it's just taking forever all right i'm done <laughs> all right done no that was great that's that's mark that that was five stars that was five stars thank you very much uh cody uh episode three of the lost village how are you feeling so far well i wouldn't say the main character has nothing going for him he did talk to a few girls that day so he has right. something and, and his main thing is he hates talking to girls, so he has a breakthrough. <laughs> he has character yes. development. Let's root for him. But yeah, despite I'm, I'm kind despite, of... sorry, Cody, I was just gonna say, despite one of them being a sundere. <laughs> no, I'm kind of on the same uh, side as as you two. When I picked this show, I saw potential. Mm -hmm. That's mainly what I saw, and so far, it's not living up to that. I think episode four gets some of that, but episode three. Not so much that, uh, and I was kind of disappointed too that one of the characters I cared about is the one that goes missing. Our rapper comrade's just suddenly gone. He was trying to get some, but ended up missing in his quest for sex. You know, they, and then they come up looking for him. But isn't and, that always the first guy or the first character who eats it? Pretty much yeah. in in all of those classic <laughs> horror movies, the first thing you see is is the, the couple that crazed maniac. 
Oh, right. The, the, or the couple that are getting it on in the car in the woods at night. They're always the ones to go first in these kinds of things. We do have a couple like that. Our, our great PDA couple. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think the PDA couple might be my favorites. At least they entertain me the most. They're, they're the least objectionable. <laughs> yeah, they're up there with my favorites too. But, yeah. That's- and the bus driver, he's sort of, he's the one I identify with as the, the old man here and the trio that we've got going for. Then there's the whole Jack. He's just kind of stuck thing. there with these horrible teenagers. <laughs> so that's why you don't want to go back to anime podcasting. I see. You don't want to deal with the teenagers. No, 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 no. But I feel like I'm, I'm ridiculously too old to be watching this anyway. So it's a guilty pleasure to begin with. I feel the <laughs> same way. I need way. to be broadcasting it. <laughs> I'm just way too old to be doing this as well. Nah, you're fine. Nah, what do, join what do you the club. mean by way too old? Join the club, Cody. Join the club. Uh, yeah, but I will Cody s- and I just finished our final, so we can bond over that. That is true. Yay. Congratulations to both of you. Good Thank job. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I will give one positive for this, though. It was about the roar. In any given situation, most people and groups hear the same exact noise. This has to do with the claw marks, as Mark mentioned earlier. This isn't the case here, though. Some of, some of them are hearing a roar, while others are hearing something completely different. It's almost like this mountain is playing into their fears. Mm-hmm. They're hearing what they're afraid of. And that's what one thing I have to say I liked about this episode. And one thing I didn't like was the whole Jack versus Jack with the long name thing. I feel like that humor gets lost in the English translation. Just, I couldn't find any humor in that at all. That's a good point. Uh, and, and maybe because we are having a little bit of a cultural uh, gap to to bridge maybe this plays a whole lot better within the Japanese cultural context. And maybe some of it gets lost in, in subtitle translation. But that, w- that was a good point. And I think this, this idea gets picked up and developed further as the show carries on. Um, the horror that's in the Lost Village seems to take on its own unique um, appearance or characteristic for whoever experiences it. So I have to agree with you there, Cody. That's one thing that makes the show at least um, intriguing to watch to see what happens next. I just wish they would get to the what happens next with a little bit more fanfare or build-up, however you want to say it. <laughs> I believe it's now, either 12 or 13 episodes, so it has to be coming soon. Oh, it's yeah, then it's going to get some 30 characters to get through and potentially kill off. <laughs> <laughs> they have to yeah, pick it, up the pace. It, it'll have to get there soon. Um, y- you guys mentioned uh, character development and intrigue, and there was one character from episode three that kind of actually had a-, a little bit of a story arc introduced, and that was Jack, the enigmatic, enigmatic Jack, who we found out was a old schoolmate of the Sundere girl, uh, and he stabbed a dude. And he was sent to juvie. He, he got sent up the river to juvenile hall. And then they, they tie him up. And then one of the girls says he should be executed. And wow, mm-hmm. she, she <laughs> find out in episode four. She really wants. Yeah. I mean, he, he really hadn't done anything yet. I mean, he got provoked. Uh, the eye patch guy was bullying him. And that's exactly and, and, why he went to juvie in the first place. He was a victim of right. bullying. So yeah, I kind of feel bad for right. him. Yeah. And then we find out in episode four in the next episode that um, uh, 
The girl that wants to execute him really wants to execute him. And everybody else. Right. So uh, before we jump in, uh, all of a sudden she's trying to drown the main dude, uh, Mitsumune, I think his name was. And then suddenly at the end of the episode three, we see a body floating across the river. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so that goes into episode four, where the tour decides to split into two camps. Uh, some go back to the bus and stay where they are and try to figure out what to do next. Uh, so we, we find out what happens. Uh, first of all, the thing that I wrote from this, uh, is a kid was drowned and that's totally, <laughs> and what they're hearing is totally not a bear. That ain't no bear. Uh, I've seen bears. It's not a bear. Uh, Mark, how did you feel about episode four? Well, uh, episode three sort of ended with a bang, if you will. And I thought episode four would really build on that. But what the show really has tended to do in those last two episodes is they pick up with a big moment or continue off of the build off of the big moment of the previous episode. And then it just fought, sort of falls into a lull while everybody, all 30 of their characters have to put in their five cents. And then it builds up to, well, no, it doesn't really build up. It ends with another big set piece. But this in between is really where it's kind of problematic for me because it really feels to drag between those two anchors for each show. Uh, at least what we're finding out here is in episode four, the idea of trying to escape or get out of the lost village, that seems to be a non-starter. Uh, and that at least sets the stage for what else needs to happen next. Like I said, I just wish they would get to whatever needs to happen next a little bit quicker. Uh, Mark, would you agree with me that again uh, with episode four, the fact that they say, hey, let's split up. Doesn't that <laughs> even classic? <laughs> yeah, let's split up for some clues. <laughs> it, it even further confirms that this is Final Destination. This is a horror movie. It really yes. is. Absolutely. And I think I'm totally on board with that if they would fully embrace that just they seem to really hesitate to go into the horror schlock fest and i don't know what it is it's like just you know just let go already and you know go with the flow let let the blood spill let you know the the victims fall and, and you know, do you get think, on with it. <laughs> do you think that this is more along the lines of a of a Japanese thriller like The Ring or or The Grudge, uh, where you really don't see what it is that's the the horror until the very end, as opposed to like the American horror movies like Final Destination, where people are just getting slashed left and right throughout the movie. Do you think that that's what this is going to be going for? Maybe, but. If nothing ever really happens, I feel like the if that's the case, then I feel like the series is not doing a good enough job really building the tension. You're just right now it feels like a horrible Thanksgiving dinner with all the relatives you really don't want to be around. And they all have to put in their five cents and you just wish you were someplace else or you wish something exciting was going to happen. Or that well, something was gonna I, I happen imagine... that would make Uncle Uncle Bob shut up. <laughs> 
not I, I imagine Uncle Bob, Uncle Bob, and Aunt Marie are going to have a couple of glasses of wine eventually, and then things might start getting interesting. Here's hoping. Here's hoping, indeed. Uh, Cody, uh, how are you feeling about episode four? Well, when it comes to the final destin- destination vibes, I think another did it much better than the Lost Village is doing now. I don't know oh, if either yes. one of you has watched that, but it did a better job. What a at great it. comparison, Cody. Yes. yes. But I thought this episode was probably, I don't know, one of the best so far. Uh, most of the good material is with the escape party. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't think the group was wrong to do that. It's the safest bet to get out while you can escape from the weirdness that they find in this village. When they actually try to do this, they're stuck in forced return back as we saw. Now we have to see who has the fortitude and grit, who gets stronger and who gets weaker when things get tougher. Tougher than it would have been in the real world had they stuck it out there. They could have just stayed back. None of this would ever happened. But and for the other half of the group, their material was kind of flat. It could all around generic Kuhn and his lust for Masaki, I think her name is, and... I thought the female guide in Volcana kind of made the parts enjoyable, but it, it also looks like my theory is off with seeing their individual fears. It looks like the mountain is using their fears or current obsession against them. Like the bus driver is seeing his long dead daughter. Mm-hmm. Mai Mai is seeing a generic coon in a giant form, apparently. And uh long name Jack saw the escape Jack, but I don't think he's escaped. Like I said, I think this is probably the best of the series. They just need to focus on the rising tension, which mm-hmm. evens out to rid the issues in the character writing. Since they're being forced to retreat to actual events, giving the characters things to do, which means they don't have to just rely on their gimmicks. Yeah, and it's fair to say that it's not like the tension isn't building. In it's just episode kind of episode two, there. they get to the village and they realize something is iffy. In episode three, we've got the first victim. In episode four, they realize there's no escaping. And one but thing it's I taken learned, four episodes to get to this point. Yes. One but, thing but I this learned, is the this is the best episode so far. Oh yes. Go ahead, Cody. Well, one thing I learned is one this one of the show writers for this is also working on the on Trigger show, so that may have something to do with this. Mm. So it may have you know, the Trigger show getting more time and effort than this one. Uh, well, and with this uh, with this little... episode, sorry, go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Well, considering that this is, I think, for the the producers, uh, Studio Dio Media, their first real adaptation. I think they've only not not adaptation. Their first original. They've only done adaptations of light novels and manga before. You would think they would. To me, that's where it gets a little iffy to say. Well, you know, the A team is working on another show. This should be where they put all their eggs in one basket. And looking at what they've done before, the only other show that really stood out for me was the cute High Earth Defense Club Love, which was all right, um, but it took essentially one joke and ran it into the ground, and then it just kind of concluded with a big shoulder shrug (laughs) in the end. And I really worry if that's their pattern, that we're just going to have a head scratcher at the end. Or that it just keeps running the same thing into the ground. 
neither of those would surprise me, which is why I think that this is probably going to try and end more like a a Japanese psychological thriller rather than an American-style horror slasher. Mm -hmm. Because it seems like they're trying to build suspense, uh, but it's not really working because so few of the characters have any traits that are likable, which is a a characteristic of American slasher movies. Mm Uh, but with Japanese slasher movies, you at least eventually learn to care about some of the characters. But in this show, you've got the main generic dude, you've got the tsundere, and you've got a whole bunch of other anime character archetypes that you really don't grow to carry, care about because they're all either arguing or brooding or screaming about one thing or another. But the fact that it seems like the town is getting inside of their heads. That's actually interesting because if you mm-hmm. remember in in the beginning of the series we got a little bit of insight into why they're all here. And who knows, maybe some of them are telling the truth, maybe some of them are lying and maybe this city and maybe the mountain will give us some insight into what's really going on in their heads and why they're really here. Yeah, right now the environment is definitely the most interesting thing about the show. And if there's one good thing we can say about it, I think it has significant potential to get a lot better. Um, If it doesn't, I think it would be exactly at the level where it's at now. And it it wouldn't be disappointing because right now I find it fairly disappointing. So it can only go up. I think I will say that the the one girl, Love Pawn... Uh, the girl that seemed to want to execute everyone, uh, at least she seems interesting. I, I at least want to see her backstory uh, just to get an idea as to what the hell happened to her. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's just me to, to figure out wh- why the hell she is the way she is. She was just born that way. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> maybe. All right. Well, well, one thing I hope for this show that doesn't happen is uh, I liked uh, assassination classroom a lot but it got into the into the groove later on where each episode it would focus on one classmate and their backstory and it just ended up hurrying through all of them and it it felt like you were just kind of stuck in the rut okay now it's this person's backstory and then we move on to the next and that person's backstory and we move on to the next so there is a little bit of a danger in that that it just becomes not monster of the week, but backstory of the week. We so, really uh, don't need every character's backstory. We really don't. I gotta hope not. <laughs> There's thirty of them. Christ Almighty. Yeah. We, yeah. To, I, I say, let's not even bother with all thirty. <laughs> no. There's no need. Thank goodness Re Zero doesn't have nearly as many characters. So let's just jump into Re Zero, uh, episode three. Uh, we jump right in. Uh, I gotta say, Cody, uh, I'm enjoying the show more and more. I, I Hashtag think you, you're welcome. You, you, re- <laughs> you really had a, a good pick with this one. Uh, I, I'm, I'm enjoying that this episode had a good amount of action and it wasn't just one sided where the disemboweling lady kills them all and then they restart. I'm happy that we're getting some action. And uh, Cody, uh, how are you feeling about episode three of Free Zero? I have one one thing to say about episode two that I forgot to mention last time, but it also applies to this too. 
I have to appreciate that for a time, Subaru did have to stop and ask himself if he even wanted to get involved, because frankly, I wouldn't blame him if he chose otherwise. It's crazy to ask someone to risk and experience death over and over and over again to save people who don't even know him. He barely knows them. Like, right now, he, he may know our heroine or Fel or old man Rom, but they don't know who he is after he resets. Mm-hmm. What obligation does he have to help people who technically haven't done anything for him? I don't think it's such a simple thing. I think it shows Subaru's true character, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, and I think it points out either in episode two or three that when he gets killed, it really hurts. So it's it comes at a high price for him to do that. And rarely do I ever watch an episode twice, but I watched this one twice. This was a pretty intense episode with most of it being a conflict against Elsa. Despite her being overall frightening, I have a lot of love for her. I'm going to say this <laughs> once, but I would let Elsa disembowel me. She's clearly well-trained and outmatches our heroes as of now. Maybe it was earlier in the day Puck could have beaten her on his own, but she was willing to chop off her sole of her foot in order to escape. Now that's hardcore. Mm-hmm. And as the fight went on, I wasn't sure what would happen or if they would all die. Like David said, it seemed possible. You can't write off anything in this show. So far, I think ReZero has done a good job at building a big fight feel. It made a certainly good main event, and there was solid effort by all characters in this fight. Old Man Rom helped out for a bit. He didn't avoid serious injury, but he wasn't killed this time. But praise be to Reinhardt. That man is a true knight. <laughs> you could tell he was a big deal in this previous episode, but I wasn't sure if he could handle Elsa. I didn't believe in him. He certainly proved me wrong. I'll never doubt him again. I think I owe him that, at least. But they avoided being massacred by Elsa, and we finally got to know the girl's name. She's Amelia. Uh, Subaru could ask for anything as a reward, and he just wanted to know her name. Nearly died once again, but in the end, it was a good job done. That was a great episode, actually. I said uh, on the last episode of the podcast that I, I immediately love the character of Reinhardt. Uh, most people that know me know that I love the, I love the lawful good characters in any form of fiction. I love the truth and justice babyface characters. And I was really happy when Reinhardt showed up. And I was also kind of upset at just how powerful the disemboweling lady really is. Uh, just to continue using the video game comparison, I was kind of like, where are the mods? Where are the admins? Shouldn't somebody say something about this character by now? She's maxed this out. Is, this is clearly a glitch. Uh, unless unless she's like a legit level 99, then something is wrong here. Because this just keeps happening over and over and over. But Reinhardt came in and saved the day. Um, also, this episode kind of pointed out something that ReZero has been doing that I really didn't like. And Cody, you alluded to it just a tiny bit. With Subaru dying over and over and over again. Um... Everyone in this show, except for Subaru, because he remembered it all, was acting in that very over-the-top distrust, yelling and screaming dialogue way that you see in a lot of anime that comes off as very manufactured to me. To where it was just like, hey, you guys know that there's this crazy lady that's going to cut your guts out. You guys really shouldn't be screaming at each other I, I, i'm just saying 
Uh, but once they did resolve all of that, and uh, Old Man Rum was unfortunately taken out, and right before Reinhardt stepped in, uh, Subaru gave a, a very cool, uh, as I wrote, a full-on anime protagonist speech. And, and people that know me know my love of Aaron Yeager from Attack on Titan. <laughs> love that I love when the main character in an anime gives the heroic anime speech. Uh, and along with that, he broke the fourth wall with it when he was like, Hey guys, watch this. I'm totally going to do this. And, and he continued and it actually worked. It, it at least gave everybody enough time to survive for Reinhardt to show up. And overall, the action in the episode was really enjoyable. It was, it was cool to see some action that was a little bit more back and forth. It was cool to see Subaru hold his own with the lady for a little while, uh, until Reinhardt showed up where he, he really got to show off. Oh yeah. He's, he's awesome. And I was really pleased with this. I'm, I'm glad that. ReZero is really kicking it up a notch. This was really fun. Uh, Mark, what did you think? The show definitely does fight scenes really well. And the first three episodes have looked really spectacular. Uh, I didn't know how long the um, fantasy anime with all of its tropes would hold my attention. Uh, but so far, the show really has. And I think the way they had him restart and try and, and do over uh, again and again, the way they concluded it in the third episode was really, really satisfying. Uh, I'm not as big of a fan of Reinhardt as you are, David. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Get off my podcast. <laughs> Back to retirement for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 more partial to some of these side characters. I like Felt a lot. I like the relationship that she has with Ram a lot. I like uh, Puck, who just eventually goes to sleep come five o'clock. Um, that I like. His banter with Elsa was pretty funny too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I like uh, Elsa as an overpowered anime villain. I think maybe I'm I'm struggling with Reinhardt a bit because I feel like there are too many characters like that in fantasy anime or in anime in general. Um, not to say that characters like Felt aren't um, the, the scrappy rogue aren't to be found in all kinds of places as well. Um, but I think Elsa is really a a unique villain at least so far, and there's enough uh, intrigue going on with the the insignia that they're the insignia they're trying to steal and and what that means and and who's trying to steal it for what reason or keep it for what reason um that alludes to that there's something much more going on than just the kind of a generic fantasy rpg uh, anime so i'm waiting to hear out what's going on uh, next and what really the whole political backstory is that it really alludes to there's a much 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 bigger much more complicated world behind the scenes and i think it's opening that path uh opening the doors to that very nicely now mark let me ask you a question with this show um you mentioned the tropes and the fantasy anime tropes the thing that is really helping me with this show is the main character, Subaru, being completely aware 
of all of the tropes that mm-hmm. go into a fantasy world such as this. That's really helping me along. Because if this were just a generic fantasy anime, I would not be saying hashtag thank you, Cody. I would <laughs> not be saying hashtag thank you, Cody at all. But with the fact that Subaru is aware of the world that he's in and he's in one way he's playing along and he's into it, but in another way he realizes he's in danger and he's fully aware of the situation, that's what really helps me, because that kind of thing helps me relate to a character like Mm -hmm. this way more than just a character with no personality whatsoever who's supposed to be the avatar for the person watching. Yeah, he's kind of the uh, anti-Kirito from Sword Art Online. He really has no skills. He knows that he's completely overmatched and he knows that he's in a completely foreign environment. And with his limited knowledge that he brings to the table, he's really just trying to get by. And I think if I recall in the first episode, he was just taken out by the street gang. <laughs> so he's really not the overpowered uh, protagonist. So you're right. That's what makes it at least refreshing for me. He's definitely not overpowered. But I think he is... As David said last episode, we talked about him going up levels. And this episode, he was able to hold Old Man Rom's giant weapon. And mm-hmm. I, I think that had something to do with that. Because I don't think Subaru in the first couple episodes would able, be able to do something like that. But it's all in the realm of, you know, this is realistic progression, so to speak. You never feel like he is suddenly, you know, shifting and, you know... Uh, Super Saiyan Subaru mode where it all of a sudden just doesn't make any sense where this is all coming from. He's clearly building and learning on his experiences and so far the growth he is undergoing within the world and within that context all makes perfect sense. He is not, you know, getting some magical weapon that makes him super powerful or he's not uh, falling under a spell that makes him super powerful or uh, leveling up or, and gaining in in personal growth at a rate that seems entirely implausible. Not yet, at least. Not yet, at least. Not, <laughs> not Fingers yet. Fingers crossed. Uh, and they all survived and made it to episode four, where we wake up and we see Subaru surviving even after suffering a very serious wound to his stomach. Uh, Emilia heals him, and he wakes up and is resting in a royal palace. And he is met with a couple of maids. And, uh, Mark, how are you feeling about episode four? Well, um, I will say the, the one thing I liked about it is we are progressing to a different stage in the story. That was fine and good. Um, I think animation-wise, especially after he woke up and walked down the CGI hallway, visually it felt a little lacking for me. Maybe after the first three episodes uh, with all the wonderful fighting, uh, the uh, resources were a little bit tapped out to maintain that visual quality in episode four. Um, I also wasn't initially embracing the cast of weirdos that he encounters in the mansion of the bed it's i've gotten used to them now that i've seen episode six uh, but it was really kind of a stark contrast to the first three episodes Mark, we saw just just tell me 
Does the lowly girl, Beatrice, does she get less annoying? No, <laughs> not for <Yeah>. me. <laughs> no? All right. Because she was the only one of these characters that I was really just turned off by a bunch. The twins I was also struggling with a little bit. And... um as I mentioned earlier, I am sometimes struggling with names, so I pulled up the uh, character list on Wikipedia, and the, the two twins, Rem and Ram, are introduced with a sentence for each of them that had completely gone way over my head, and uh, I don't think that's been revealed quite yet, so I'm not going to talk about it too much more. Um but what I thought was introduced uh, as an element that was kind of nice and intriguing is that Rem got the nod, and I think she's the, the blue-haired one, got the nod as being the much better maid, and that Ram uh, is somehow inferior to her. And that's not super obvious just by watching the show, but I thought it was interesting that they made the very clear distinction there. Well, that that is important since they are both twin maids who speak in monotone and seem to only speak to one another unless spoken to. Right. Us. They seem to be super in sync. So for them to make a huge deal out of the fact that one seems to be clearly superior to the other, um, but that kind of raised my eyebrows. Uh, one thing that I'm really happy about with episode four is that we got plot. Mm -hmm. Uh, you always hear about people not liking exposition, but exposition was needed after three episodes of not knowing what the hell was happening. So when Subaru got to the castle, uh, the owner of the mansion, uh, the dude that had the clown makeup, uh, yeah. successfully <laughs> explained... <laughs> And I really liked this dude. This dude had a little bit of that Shinsuke Nakamura feel to him that that I enjoy. Uh, and he he happily explained just what the hell was going on with this anime. And that was very useful. It's nice mm -hmm. to have a little exposition to tell us what the heck was going on. And whoever and is voicing him, job well done. <laughs> agreed. It's always um, nice to I have the eccentric character. I agree, Cody. Uh, and after such an action-packed episode, uh, this was a nice change of pace. I usually do not have a lot of episodes of shows like this in my anime where it's genuinely very lighthearted and easygoing. This is not usually something that's in DJM's anime viewing, but I was okay <laughs> with this. I'll allow it. <laughs> and Subaru's request to work in the mansion was was fairly okay. I, I every time we all think that Subaru is going to say or request something really skeevy, uh, it turns out he doesn't. He he really doesn't at all. Last time he wanted to know Emilia's name, and now he's simply asking to work in the mansion. Which Amelia thought was kind of silly, but hey, if if that's what he wants, that's what he wants. And I will say that I'm hoping that the relationship between Subaru and Beatrice continues, because she deserves to be annoyed. I don't like her, and I hope Subaru continually annoys her on a regular basis. Well, I have good news for you through episode six. 
great. <laughs> uh, Cody, how are you feeling about episode four so yeah. far? Yeah. I thought this episode was a nice cooldown from the fight we had with Elsa, and I mean that in a good way. It was relaxing just to see Subaru and Amelia interact. We do get inter- introduced to a, a set of new characters in this episode. I figured we were going to get some tropey character design given the genre. I was expecting not to like them, but I enjoyed them for the most part, especially their interaction with Subaru. Uh, Subaru. The maids, they do not put up with him at all. They are constantly throwing shade at him. Even Beatrice couldn't even be less interested in him. Even though I like him, I'm I'm for the constant disses towards him. I just kind of <laughs> like that. But it's kind of like it's kind of like Phoenix Wright that way. Yeah, but everything was a standard breather episode until that ending. Uh, Subaru wakes up and expecting to go on his date with Amelia. However, he realizes that something is off. Despite despite the previous scene with Roswell and the maids talking about the possibility of Subaru being a spy, I wasn't really expecting for them to act on killing him. I think it's easy to rule out Amelia Puck and probably Betty, so it has to be one of the maids and Roswell that obviously took one for the team. And he doesn't have a clue that the head of this place considers him a spy, or at least he didn't really think about the fact that he is rather suspicious. Mm-hmm. And on the on his next go-around, he needs to rethink asking to work at the mansion and use Amelia's idea, just become a permanent resident. Like, I liked how she noticed that he was terrible at asking for good rewards. Before, like, Davis said he just wanted to know the name, and then he wants a place to work. But after giving it some thought, I liked his response to her. It gives me another reason to think he is a quality character and just a nice guy. But it was another really good episode. It wasn't a knock your socks off, but this is the start to a new arc. I am curious about Subaru's checkpoint system. It wasn't when he first woke up and ran into Beatrice, at least I don't think it was. It didn't seem like that. It wasn't even the day before he was killed, but or it wasn't it was several days. Well it's a good it's good that he didn't get reset back to the Appa store, because I couldn't go through that again. <laughs> no. <laughs> this shit would have lost me. But I'm left struggling to figure out how his ability works. Either way, I'm looking forward to the next week. It's going to be a stress test for Subaru trying to get through these days while figuring out how he died. Yeah, it's interesting uh, that we keep referring to it as an ability. It honestly seems almost like he is hitting save points. That's what so. I think. I think it's either a save point or he's dying and he's returning to, to a previous point in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I originally called this dot hack sign and that's, <laughs> that's exactly what this feels like. It, it feels like if he dies, he's getting sent back to his previous save point. So it, all of this makes sense in that weird way, even though, uh, Cody, you just realized like exactly what you said. Like, yeah. I was thinking the, the twist at the end, his wound were gone what happened and it was you just saying that it was like oh they killed him in his sleep yeah i didn't understand i didn't understand that at first it took me a while to realize that yeah you you just hit me with that so my mind's blown (laughs) so yeah wow okay so they really do think he's a spy and they killed him in his sleep that was weird okay yeah wow okay so now i'm really interested in what happens next uh, I'm I'm enjoying this show so far quite a bit. I'm I'm ready for episode five. I might just watch it after we're done recording, you guys. I think I might. Ah, so uh, you haven't uh, watched ahead yet? Nope, nope. Oh, I'm I'm doing uh, this. 
I'm doing this the legit way just for this podcast. Good for you. Well, then I can honestly stay, you know, stay off the Wikipedia page because they were dropping a hint about one of the characters that so far out of the context of the show and having seen the first six episodes, I hadn't confirmed or picked up on that at all. Interesting. Now, Mark Huber, thank you so much for joining us this week on It's In Season. Uh, you, you talk about anime a lot. Uh, where can we see you talking about it? <laughs> uh, well, since our podcast is uh, no longer active, I've just renamed my Twitter account to uh, Anime Spam Bot. So, at Anime Spam Bot. At but, Anime uh, Spam Bot. I promise uh, Cody, I'm not a bot. I'm a real boy. <laughs> he, he is. He is. He, he is a, a real boy with hopes and dreams that are full of nothing but anime. Literally nothing but anime. <laughs> and right now my dream is yeah. to get through Bleach. And then, Lord help me, I will start One Piece. What current season shows are you liking right now that aren't involved in this podcast? Oh, okay. Well, let me pull out my phone. So um, I am... Primarily getting my uh, my shows through Funimation and Crunchyroll, and on Funimation I'm watching My Hero Academia, uh, Kumamiko, which I think you had discussed uh, on the show as a possible choice, um, and uh, I'm also watching Shonen Maid, which I'm not sure why I am still watching that show, um, but it's it's got enough I think going for it. And then, of course, I'm watching uh, ReZero. Uh, I was ready to give up on uh, Lost Village, but, you know, David, you sucked me right back in. Uh, and then the other shows I'm watching uh, from this season are uh, Bakuan, uh, Joker Game, Flying Witch, uh, Kiz Naiver, uh, Big Order, and Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm not familiar with that last one. <laughs> I don't want to be familiar with it. Oh, but you can <laughs> but you can see Mark talking about all of those shows and making wonderful screenshots of them at Anime Spambot on Twitter. And maybe someday, maybe someday, you might see something resembling the Mega Anime Ultra Show come out of dormancy. You just might see it someday. <laughs> Well, thank Mark, you thanks much. so much. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. This was fun. Uh, Cody, what have you got going on? And where can we see the stuff that you are doing? Well, I don't really have too much going on right now, but maybe in the future. But you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Cody underscore Anderson without the O. Or you can find me at Cody the Weeb talking about Sailor Moon and other current season shows. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to It's In Season. Uh, remember to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music for podcasts, and wherever podcasts can be aggregated. And as always, on Delta Julia Mike, Delta Julia Mike. Dot com And also, as always, a very special thank you with all of my heart hand signs, love and affection to those of you out there that are supporting all things Delta Juliet Mike Media on the Patreon at patreon.com slash Delta Juliet Mike. And remember, everybody, if you can't find It's In Season by name, search for it by my name, David Majors. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you on the podcast 
next time.